broadcasting live, live and around the world. Around the world. From Cabana One, the only podcast that's all ball bearings. Your ultimate source for everything Fletch. Moon River. Thank you, Doc. You ever serve time? Laker Jim and his beat reporters will stop at nothing to make sure Fletch lives forever. Forever. They don't shower much. This is Fletchcast. Welcome, everybody, to a special holiday episode of Fletchcast. I'm your host, Laker Jim. Now, Thanksgiving is this week. And I know you're going to be sitting around the dinner table with your family and your friends. And and listen, some of them I know you don't get along with, you don't see eye to eye with, and things can get awkward. Well, I have the perfect icebreaker for that situation. Fletch. And I'll do one even better for you. Because we have some breaking news that's going to be a hot topic around the Thanksgiving table. But before we get into the breaking news, I want to introduce, with me as always, the two strangers in my pants, Jake. And Big Bob. Gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. Good evening, all. So here's the reason for this special podcast. Now, I guess, guys, should we hit the spoiler alert alarm? Yeah, we probably should. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Okay, so now we have some information that is not confirmed, but we got it from a very reputable source. Okay, so if you do not want anything spoiled or potentially spoiled about the Confess Fletch movie, skip this episode. Continue to download it with the with <laughs> yes. the sound off so we get the credit for the download. But <laughs> maybe listen to it later on. Download, right. but maybe skip it. Exactly. Good yeah. call. But you have been warned. Now, should we say that where we got this information is not anybody that we normally associate with? Exactly. We can assure you that this information did not come from Greg Matola. Or the McDonald family. Or the McDonald family. Right. It did come at, at serious danger to uh, Jake, though, from what I understand. He <laughs> was really in, in, in back alleys and uh, you know bad bad parts of neighborhoods. But he did come through big with this one. <laughs> hey, you know. <laughs> All right. So here is what you guys have been waiting for and what we've been dying to tell you. So John Hamm's girlfriend, Anna Osceola, will be in the movie Confess Fletch. And our sources tell us she will be playing Larry. Wow. That's right, guys. Larry will be in Confess Fletch. Not confirmed, but pretty valid source has leaked this information to us. Guys, what do you think? Larry, she's back. Can't have Fletch without Larry. Except for except for Fletch lives, that is. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to figure out how this would fit in. We know Larry is not a character in the book. Right. But I'm just trying to figure out, I guess... Then by association, we would assume that John Slattery is playing the Frank character as well, even though Frank technically is the editor for the paper in L.A., not in Boston, where this picture is set and the book, too. But but we've seen John Slattery and John Hamm together in a newsroom type of situation. Those those photos have leaked. Mm -hmm. So. We're just assuming if he's not Frank, he's probably John Hamm's editor or some someone in charge of Fletch in the Boston area. 
the book he talks to his editor, his former editor, his name is Jack Saunders. So I, it's got to be between one of those. It's either got to be the Frank character or the Jack Saunders character from the book. Has to be. Has to be. Now, when when Greg Matola, and again, Greg Matola has not confirmed or denied this. We haven't asked never him. even asked him. Yeah, we haven't even asked him. So, <laughs> so he <laughs> certainly has not denied it. But this could be those little tidbits that he said he's not yet ready to reveal. Right. You know, that that he was kind of excited that he, they sprinkled in. And listen, any Fletch fan watching it who might not be listening to this podcast to hear him refer to somebody as Larry. And then all of a sudden she comes onto the screen or, or whatever. That's a, that's 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 going to be a pretty cool surprise in the movie. That's going to get your Fletch senses tingling, to say the least, to hear the name Larry. It's almost as much as hearing the uh, Fault of Miami. <laughs> now, now, there's not much that we know about Anna Osceola. I mean, only that that he met her on the set of Mad Men. Now, we have three Mad Men alumni between John Slattery, John Hamm, and Anna Osceola. Right. She appeared in the Mad Men finale. I'm not familiar with her at all. Um, just what you guys have told me up to now. But listen, she's cute as a button. She's got... The reddish brown hair that Larry has, her body, we all can, can easily fall in love with this body. Love your body, Larry. That's true. A yes. smile that can light <laughs> up any newsroom. That's a that's kind of the perfect role to throw her into. Even if there's just a quick reference to her, sure. maybe he calls her on the phone. You know, it, it'd be interesting to see how they work her in. Maybe she's working in Boston, you know, now and and somehow he bumps into her at the paper. Well, maybe they're going to switch all that to Boston. I mean, maybe Boston will be more of a home base instead of L.A., which is definitely possible. You know, yeah, definitely. Um, because the next book in the sequence would be Fletch's Fortune. And there actually is a part in the book where he reaches out again to Jack Saunders in Boston when he's at this uh, journalism convention in Virginia. But you know, you could write a scene. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't, sure. you know, you know, fit the book and the movie, you know, page by page. So you could easily write more scenes with those characters in it. I know it's not the 1980s anymore. It's not the 1980s anymore, right, Laker John? Uh, not as far as you know. But how how great is it that you have Fletch, the diehard Laker fan, stuck in Boston? Oh, that's a good point. Their, their, yeah, your arch rival. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. You know. That really, that really is going to really play well into the whole personality of Fletch being, you know, abrasive and whatnot that we've seen in the past, lovably abrasive. But being a, a Laker fan in Boston is going to be a possibly a, a great angle to play on for the movie itself. Yeah, and we've seen production pictures with him with the Lakers hat on, so he's definitely in enemy territory. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So we know it's coming. We know mm. it's coming. You know? Well, I mean, this is neat. This is neat. Okay, so we know Anna Asciola is going to now revise the Larry character that Gina Davis made famous in the first movie, Fletch. But we also got some information about Kyle MacLachlan's character. Now, we already kind of figured out who he was going to be. But, Jake, why don't you give us a little information about what we discovered today? Yes, and he is definitely playing the Haran character. We announced Roy Wood Jr. We were playing Detective yeah. Monroe. Yes, which is the substitute for Flynn, who won't be in the movie. But Haran is a, back to Kyle McLaughlin, though, Haran is a pretty big character. It's definitely someone that uh, Fletch's, I would say it's one of Fletch's biggest adversaries in the book, is, is Haran. Um, he plays a big part in the plot. Marsha Gay Harden playing yes. the Countess. That's a big, 
she's a big act. She's an award-winning actress. Yeah, she's great. I imagine that you know that's a huge get for them as well. But that, how important of a character is the count? The countess does. Okay, so what happens is the reason Fletch is in Boston is that his fiance now, LJ. We know who <laughs> the 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 girl is right. who's playing his Italian girlfriend, right? Do we have that? Yes, information? Lorenza is up. Okay, so she's playing Angela or Andy, as she's called in the book, her nickname. So the Countess is mm-hmm. um, Andy's like stepmother, uh, married to her father. Um, well, her father has deceased, and what has happened? His art collection has gone missing, and there was rumor that it is in the state somewhere. So, and since her father, Andy's father, Fletch's girlfriend, has passed away. Fletch has now come back to the States because Fletch is actually living in Italy oh. with, with Andy. So he flies to the States to try to find this art collection for Andy and you know her family. Well, the Countess is you know money-grabbing and, and wants a piece of the action, piece of this art fortune. So eventually she follows Fletch to... Boston, and then things unravel from there. So the Countess actually, the Countess actually gets a piece of the action as opposed to Fat Sam, who just gets free junk. Well, yes, that's right. Yeah, and and when we say action, it's definitely in more ways <laughs> okay. than one. At least All when right. it comes to interesting. Books, uh, but we'll leave it at that. Um, and when it comes to Fletch, yeah, when it comes right. to Fletch, right? Um, <laughs> Fletch's morals sometimes are a little questionable, yeah. but. Um, we still love the guy, don't we? Of course, we? yes. Um, now, uh, listening to the audio book, uh, the narrator, Dan John Miller, who narrates all the Fletch books, presents the Countess with a very heavy accent. Is that true in the book as well? Do you read it that way? Yeah, and the book's like that too. Yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. Like a very thick, mm-hmm. I would assume, Italian accent. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, listen, I have something I want to read you real fast, okay? Just uh, you know how there's always a little storyline right up about the movie itself, and uh, one word comes to springs to my attention. I want to run it by you. So the storyline, the storyline write up says after becoming the prime suspect of multiple murders, Fletch strives to prove his innocence while simultaneously searching for his fiance's stolen art collection. Oh, that's right. That's right. They so are engaged. engaged. Okay. That is that's accurate. a big, that that's a big, uh, yes, they are engaged. Now, Jake, what about the part that says multiple murders? You know what? That stands out too, because there wasn't multiple murders. There's only one yeah. in, in the book. Yeah. Now, Jake, who who from this movie will will or would carry on to the next portion of the story in the next book? Nobody except for Fletch. Okay. The Countess isn't back. I don't want to spoil too much in, in case we get a sequel. But um, I mean the Jacks the Jack Saunders character comes back if that's in fact who John Slatter Slattery is playing. Now does John Slattery usually wear a beard not that i've ever seen does anyone know not that i know of but guess who does frank has a beard right and and you know what he has in this movie a beard and glasses and glasses so you know has he done this look for frank we'll find out frank is somebody that i think will will move on with him in the next book jake yeah you know i think like in some way they'll make it in some way they'll 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 take these two characters who obviously have worked so well together in Mad Men. I think they'll be the kind of the consistent travelers through the through the Matola universe. Yes. Yeah. 
if if the if the behind the scenes production stills did not include John Hamm with John Slattery, then I would think that okay, well maybe he calls Frank in L.A. and maybe Larry is there with Frank. Yes, yes. Or maybe he just calls Larry in general to get information that he, you know, that he's constantly using Larry as someone to lean on for help. It's fun to speculate <laughs> because that's all we're really doing right it's now. You know, be fun to find out. And also, too, keep in mind, Larry is a is owned by Universal. She's the character mm-hmm. that was created for the movie Fletch. She's not in any of the books. When you buy the rights to the books, you don't necessarily buy the rights to the movie characters that Universal created. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. Is this truth? Is this rumor? It's nice to speculate, though. I go back to a point I've made in previous episodes. Universal would be foolish not to give those out because in the end, they will only profit from yeah. from the previous incarnations because then people will be interested in the previous movies and will purchase them, whether it be DVD or streaming. So I think it's a win-win for both of them. Yeah, definitely. Hey guys, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, we posted on social media recently because in the last episode, we touched on some of the cutscenes between Fletch and Tommy Lasorda and also Fletch mm-hmm. in the hockey mask. Now, mm-hmm. we posted the hockey mask images today. And yes. I have to make reference to a theory that a Fletch fan has. His name is Carl Coverdale. And what he brought up was... This is probably not a dream sequence because, you know, like we said, that would be in three dream sequences where Fletch is, you know, playing sports for an L.A. team. According to, you know, Carl's theory, this could be maybe after he's, you know, his life has been threatened by the chief. Maybe he is in disguise going into the newspaper building. You know what I mean? He disguises himself as a hockey player to sort of not be recognized as Fletch. You know, maybe the cops are after him. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially since in one of the photos, Larry's helping him out of the the, the costume and everything. I think that's definitely not a dream. Plus, one of the stills, Fletch is sitting on his desk. He looks so pissed off. Larry is sort of consoling him. And Frank is giving like a, like, who, me? Who, me? Like Frank, Frank looks like he's asking him how much... Like, who's paying for this? And Well, and Frank's the one who tipped off the cops to begin with, so Fletch is probably... Right, right. so it almost still. seems like it could possibly have been a, a, an alternate scene to, how could you call them? Fletch, I'm sorry. Kind of giving that gesture, like, hey, you know, kind of thing, and he and Fletch just looks so annoyed. So that makes a lot of sense, and I've never really thought of that angle. It's a good theory. Of him, like, you know, and, and it's, it, it's funny because a Fletch disguise... Or, or couldn't he be gaining more attention? Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the the one I posted where he's walking down the street, literally in the full goalie outfit. <laughs> he's got the pads on his legs. Yeah. He's got even got skates on, and he's walking right. down the streets. He's walking. Everyone is a little freaked out. By everybody, him, is, yeah, everybody yeah. is slightly out of place. Right? So if he was trying to be inconspicuous and undercover, you know, just total fail. Yeah. And one thing also to note. He's not wearing number 99, which he wears yeah, as a Dodger and a Laker. He's wearing number 31 for the Kings. And we actually posted a couple of pictures from that Dodger scene, too. And there were a couple of them that I haven't seen either for a long time or haven't seen at all. Yeah. Because he's actually surrounded by the Yankees team. Yes. Which I hadn't. And then we had like a behind the scenes picture, too. Peter Douglas was in that shot. Douglas. 
So there were some other, yeah, Kirk. There was definitely some other uh, a shot that I hadn't seen. So Bob, you time. actually had a theory, and maybe somebody out there can help us. Like when you saw the picture yeah. of Dutch standing with the Yankees, you you thought you recognized one of the well, one first, of the people playing one of the Yankee players. First and foremost, that thirty-one has got to be being who's wearing purple and gold. That's got to be a Kurt Rambis. Shout out to Kurt Rambis. But one of the one of the things I noticed now this this would have taken place yeah. in nineteen eighty five. Uh, this is just a year before WrestleMania three. One of the people next to Chevy is there's no mistaking that's Haiti Kid from WrestleMania three. Right. He bears a he bears a striking resemblance to. It's got to be him. I mean, it's it. I have turned every stone trying to track down Haiti Kid on social media. Now I'm a little concerned that I might not have been tracked down the right person, but. Uh, but but yeah, it, it's got to be him. I mean, it, not, the time frames line up in the in the mid '80s to where his popularity soared when he made it to WrestleMania three. He tagged with with uh, Haiti Kid along with Little Beaver and and um, Hillbilly Jim versus King Kong Bundy, Lord Little Brook, and Little Tokyo. For those that actually care or want to look it up, but it was WrestleMania three. It was the mixed tag match, and that is him. Now, if anybody out there has any way to confirm this we would love to hear about it yeah if anybody because the haiti kid is still alive if and i would imagine there's a there at that time there's a very small group of like probably little people actors or sure whatever sure. you know like a, like an agency almost that like absolutely you know you, if you need a little person for a movie or a wrestling event or something you went to this organization same thing they had with star wars there was an ugly agency if you need a real yeah. ugly guy a lot you know, of them I mean, were stuntmen like a lot that. of them were stuntmen a lot of them were actors so they, they right. did it all so, right so our so fletch fans if anyone out there knows a way to get in touch with the haiti kid now he's not somebody that i've found on social media mm-hmm. but he, he could be the key and the link to what happens in this scene yeah his real name is raymond kessler k-e-s-s-l-e-r so yeah if anybody has any information we'd love to hear about it <laughs> yeah, it, it, this could be our first link into what happened during that that lost piece of history. You know what? You know what we should do. You know what we should do. We should get him on the show. We should get him on the show. <laughs> we can contact him so we can get him on the show. <laughs> I've been waiting for that for twenty four hours. Yeah, I mean, if we can, we will. If anybody knows how to find him, we want him on the show. <laughs> Why don't we jump into a couple other segments that we have planned for this week? Fletch pop culture. What do we got as far as uh, Fletch pop culture references? Any pop oh. culture references out there that the fans should know about? We have a lot of Fletch pop culture references. I, every time you, you, you turn around, there's a new one. Uh, but going back to an older one this week, uh, Family Guy, TV show rather that's been playing for over 20 years. Um, the first now, now they've had a few. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is obviously a huge Chevy Chase fan because he's referenced him multiple times, whether it be Vacation or one of his other movies. Uh, but but in this case, uh, episode called "I Am Peter, Hear Me Roar." Uh, there's is the first time we ever saw a Fletch reference in Family Guy. Um, <laughs> there's a, a sign outside. A lot of times they have little. Uh, it's kind of like an exterior shot <laughs> on the on the board outside that they have. have written dyslexic film society will be holding a showing of chevy chase's film felch f-e-l <laughs> now i don't know listen i don't want any any children that are listening to this podcast to go googling what felch means but 
<laughs> Trust me when I tell you, it's not a good thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so uh, funny. Obviously referring to Fletch. Now the second one was the big one, though. Uh, the second one we saw many seasons later, 2011, an episode called uh, Seahorse Seashell Party. Uh, they had an episode where the family was stuck inside the house, power going on and off. Uh, don't have any television, don't have any internet. So they decided to play charades. And James, do you have a clip of this? Yeah, let's take a listen. Yeah, this sucks. What are we supposed to do all day? Well, how about we play charades? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. me first. Me first. Okay, it's a movie. All right? Movie. Movie. Peter, there's no talking in charades. Okay, okay sorry, sorry. Okay. Movie. Peter. Sorry, sorry. Okay, one word. Peter, you're still talking. Okay, okay, right, right, right. Fletch. Is it Fletch? It is Fletch. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, man, that's good. In true Peter Griffin form, instead of understanding how the game is played, he just gives away what the answer to the question is. And that pretty much that's that's it, and we're looking forward to more. Yeah, second week in a row with multiple Fletch references within the same show. Uh, You got to love that. You got to love that, that. you know, Fletch is being res- given respect out there um, in the pop culture world. Thanks, Bob. We'll hear more from you next week with another pop culture Fletch reference. Fletch pop culture. Ooh, the voicemail hotline is actually ringing as we speak. And, right. we, and speaking of voicemails, we've got voicemails this week, right? We have we have- voicemails. Oh. Let's uh, jump right into the voicemails. Hey, it's uh, Josh from Pacific California calling. Um, thanks for putting the podcast together. This is a uh, greatly appreciated content. Uh, question. Uh, so the Foltermeyer soundtracks for the first two Flesh movies are like such a huge part of the movie. Like up there in importance with the cast themselves. Just completely defined. Um, I want to see if you'd heard anything about what kind of treatment the new uh, reboot's going to be getting. Like who's in charge of sound and what kind of, um, you know, uh, what kind of music they're planning for it. Um, you've got moments out there I could find. Right, uh, well, thanks so much. Uh, always Quaker State, never press down. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> always Quaker State, never press down? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good call, Josh. Uh, listen, it's something we talk about on a regular basis about the inclusion yes. of the Faltermeyer theme. It's uh, We feel like it's so vital to linking the old movies to the new movies and it, it just would be such a a gift to the flesh man. I get, I get chills. I would get chills if I hear it. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Movie. I have news that actually I just got today about breaking, the score. Breaking news. So Greg Matola messaged me, and uh, he said, you know, things are going well with the movie. And he actually says uh, he's going to London in a few weeks to watch David Arnold record the score for Confess Fletch. Oh, okay. He said, I worked with him before on a movie called Paul. You guys remember that movie? That was the alien movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. That is Simon Pegg and uh, Nick Frost alien movie. I- I've seen it once. It was it was funny. Funny movie. So that is the composer for the score of Confess Fletch. But that's all he says. We don't right. know what will be in that score. Right. Obviously, Baltimore scored right. the first movie but yet there were other songs from other people in it in the, on the soundtrack as well right, right. and then the oh, second we movie covered that was in all fault Meyer was all score yeah good call josh there Thanks you so go much. go and, and that unveiled some breaking information good job yes. jake and josh for the call 
This is pretty awesome. That's all I got to say. Thank you. This is Jason from San Diego. All right, Jason. Thank you from San Diego. Short and sweet, but we certainly appreciate the compliment. Um, we work really hard on the podcast, so it's really good to hear from the people listening that uh, that think we're we're doing an awesome job. Hi, this is William calling from Tucson, Arizona, and I am really digging your guys' podcast. Uh, been listening in here uh, since episode two, and not quite Fletch related, but uh, speaking of impersonations and Chevy Chase, I'd wondered if. Uh, any of you had seen the uh, Netflix movie, A Stupid and Futile Gesture, uh, where they have Chevy Chase in the film per- per- portrayed by Joel McHale. And he does a pretty spot-on Chevy Chase impersonation. And uh, I just think of it when I think of Fletch and, and of people, you know, we've been talking about uh, the actor that we're playing, uh, John Hamm, sorry, John Hamm playing him in the movie, and uh, of Chevy Chase, people that can pull off a Chevy Chase. And uh I, I love watching him in that film uh, portraying uh, Chevy in a, a futile and stupid gesture, which is the story of the National Lampoon. Uh, anyway, it's somebody who could have pulled off a real uh, Fletch-like character. Uh, have a good one. Keep up the great work. Really like your guys' podcast. Well, thank you, William. And, uh, yeah, Joel McHale, there's a lot of people that could have done a good Chevy impersonation of Fletch, but I think that would have been that would have been a... Uh, a dead end street. I think, I don't think as good a Chevy impersonation as you can do. I don't think people would have accepted that as Fletch. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. Um, yeah, this is now like the third time I've heard this mentioned that I never heard of it up until last month. Joe McHale does do a good, a good Chevy impression. Now, Joe McHale obviously worked with Chevy on the show community community. Right? Yeah. And they didn't have the greatest relationship. Um, you know, that Chevy kind of turned off the whole cast. Um, <clears throat> but I did see an interview with Joel McHale. And uh, even though they they have said like plenty of negative stuff about each other, Joel McHale did call Chevy and tell him that he would be playing him in, wow. you know, in this movie. And uh, Chevy, I can't remember what his exact response was, but Chevy was like, eh, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. But, uh, he, he, even though he, he he really hates Chevy, I think uh, he had the decency to call him and tell him. But I think Joel McHale would have been a good Fletch. Yeah, I think so. I think he could. I think he could have been a good Fletch without impersonating Chevy. You know, he yeah. could have just been the Joel McHale. Because he's got Fletch. the look, and you know, yeah, he probably would have been. I that's a I never really thought of him as as Chev, as or as Fletch, but yeah. He could have pulled it off. You know, I just, I just, I just confirmed too that this movie is still on Netflix. And strangely enough, uh, you know how Netflix gives you recommendations. Um, yes. <laughs> underneath that movie, there's a recommendation for a movie called The Last Laugh, 2019, starring none other than Chevy Chase. Oh and yeah, now, is Dreyfus in that too? Yeah, Dreyfus is, is that, in that. Is yeah, that yeah I watched part of that. Oh, you watched yeah, part uh, of it's has, okay. Yeah. yeah, Chevy has two parts in it. Like, kind of, he bookends almost the movie. And uh, he, he's almost he's himself kind of in it. I have to check both of those out. Yeah, he's. Thank you very much for that call. Good call. Good call, William. Hi, my name's Alana, and I'm from New Jersey. And I just want to say I love your body, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Absolutely. Alana, thank you. It, it makes me feel good when we when I hear female listeners calling. Especially, I actually, we actually get it a lot, especially from New Jersey. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think land, that. <laughs> land that I love. <laughs> Where is this girl? 
Well, we love your body, Alana. Thanks for the call. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully she's not skating on thin ice. No, no. We definitely <laughs> love her call more than anything else. <laughs> yeah, this is Dave Hanrahan, Junior Audit Manager of the Securities and Exchange Commission. I just want to go on record. I am not a pederast. I've been married for years. I have three children. We don't even have anyone by the name Pooh working here. Another person slanders me. I'll sue your asses for a million dollars. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> oh, well, Mr. Hanahan, Mr. Hanahan, we mean no offense. We mean no offense by anything we said. Uh, thank you so much for your call. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't so much what we said. It was what uh, Mr. Poon said yes. in the movie, you know? Uh, oh my gosh, that was I, great. I hope that guy's getting us in trouble. I hope that guy's not in too much trouble from what Mr. Poon did. I'll sue your ass for a million dollars. <laughs> we don't have a million dollars. No, 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 never. Do you have caviar? Si, senor. Beluga. But it's a hundred dollars a portion. Oh, then I better just take two of those. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, disturbing thing. <laughs> this is what our this is what our voicemail was meant for. <laughs> that was great too. Yes. This is awesome. Uh. That's it for the voicemail. <clears throat> Folks, please, by Thank all means, keep those, keep yeah, those little please. fun phone calls coming in and, and, and phone calls of any type, but those are great. <laughs> Definitely. And if anybody would like to call, the number is 267-714-6799. That's the Fletchcast hotline. It's a voicemail. Just call it at any time of the day or night. If you mess up, call back. We'll do it again. And uh, we could be listening to you on a future podcast. So, fans, we're going to put up a, a, a poll on Twitter, and we want you to head over to at I am Fletchcast. That's the letter I, the letter M, Fletchcast. And we want you to vote on the next character spotlight that we do in the records room. Now, your options are going to be A, Gillette, B, Gummy, and C, Ted Underhill. Head on over to Twitter. We'll put links on Facebook and Instagram as well to to, uh, to direct you over to our Twitter poll. So it'll be exciting to have the fans spotlight who they want to hear on the show. Before we go, I have a little bit of Laker gym breaking news for you guys. Oh, so let's do it. Announcing here on the podcast first, I'm going to be a dad again. <gasps> wow! Congratulations. Yep we're 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 pregnant. We're doing we're doing April. And uh, we have one. We have one uh, daughter who's three years old. Uh, but aside from this big announcement, I also did some undercover recording of me talking to my girlfriend Marta about the pregnancy. Take a listen. Take a listen. All right. Oh, I want to hear this. Hey, babe, you busy? Can I, can I ask you something? All right. Listen. If it's a boy. Would you at all consider the name Fletch? No. Why? What do you about, mean why? What about as a middle name? No. What about Fletcher? That's even worse. No. Can we just call him Fletch? No. <laughs> on, the author's son named his kid after a Fletch character, and I think this can catapult me past him. Don't even, don't even try that. Name a dog Fletch. We can get a dog. No. Oh no. Okay, so there you are. But the breaking news. I really tried. I really tried. 
Well, you didn't even ask about Irwin or Maurice. You went right to Fletcher. You also assume you also assume it has to be a boy's name. That's a great point. I'm going to go back to my recording tonight, and I'll let you know what she says about the girl. That's name. great, though, man. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Listen, congratulations. We're all thrilled. And more importantly, yeah. you need to get a dog now named Fletch. It's long overdue. So that about wraps up this special holiday edition of Fletchcast. Man, there was a lot of breaking news in this episode. This was a good one. Uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we just wanted to say thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being there. Thank you for helping us spread the word. You've launched us into the top 10% of podcasts in only a month and a half. Truly spectacular. And we have you to thank for it. We want to wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Stay safe. Dynasty's on a rerun this week. So enjoy the time with your family. We'll see you.